0: All right, all right, all right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, sickos and normies. Welcome back to the Landy Lodge, where today we're talking Final Fantasy 16, and we got a great guest lined up for you today. But before we get into that, let's just give a shout-out to the Sages of the Lodge right over here. Uh, those who donate as little as $1 a month to keep my nonsense going. Uh, they're worth the shout-out, they're worth the love, and I love them all. And I love all you who are chilling here. But without further ado, without further delay, Kai, dude, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, how you doing, dude?
1: I'm a little sick, but I'm a manage. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing?
0: You're a sicko. I guess that's uh, your way of fitting <laughs> in here
1: today. But Yeah.
0: But, uh, dude, thanks for agreeing to do this. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you in is, you know, you make a lot of Final Fantasy content yourself. And you know I'm gonna be very very upfront. I, like I'm simping hard for FF16. You're a little bit more skeptical and critical, and that, that's why while you bring me, that's why I wanted to bring you in here. Yeah. I can't just be in here gassing up FF16. Um I guess what I would say is, what is your your I guess your general impression of 16, and has it changed at all in the last six months?
1: All right, so. This might, this might be stretching it. So, initially, when I saw the trailer for 16 back in 2020, I was like, yes, a new Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. But then, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, PS5, right? And, mm-hmm. like, I haven't played remake at that point yet, or, like, a lot. So, I was just, like, really critical. I was like, it don't really look like next gen, because it said PS5. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, maybe maybe it changed, because then I read, like, they didn't, like, boost it up and make it... So I, I just let it go. I was like, you know what? I'll wait till more stuff come out. I kept, you know, looking at the trailer occasionally, and then when we got the second trailer, this is when like everybody probably is like, oh no, boo, boo, boo. His opinion. I watched <laughs> it, and I was just like, I, I don't know. I just felt kind of like, ah. So I, I just I just remember watching that trailer being a little more critical. I was on live stream at that point in time. But then when I sat and watched it again, I was like, it's not that bad. You know, I'll play the game. But I really was critical since day one about the graphics. Because I felt like, all right, it's a PS5 game. So it's definitely going to look PS5. Mm-hmm. And even... Even comparing like some aspects of like the older Final Fantasy games, I was definitely looking at how the characters were modeled. and I've been critical about that. I, I like it <clears throat> the faces just seem like they could have used some touching up and some other things. I like the costumes, I like the effects, and I think the environment looks nice, but it's just certain things I felt needed to get touched up. Then we got that third trailer, I felt more or less the same. But, like, I was a little more confident that, okay, I could play this game. And I was like, you know what? I need to see another trailer. So then when we got the last trailer at the Game Awards, I remember I watched it, and I didn't feel, like, uh, Like, yeah, the, the face thing was still kind of there. But it was the first time I felt like, you know what? I need to preorder this game, and I'm going to be on the lookout for this. So I went to GameStop as soon as i could i pre-ordered not the regular but i think the the next edition after that and
0: definitive yeah yeah
1: yeah, that edition and i'll be waiting in june and i'll go pick it up at GameStop. so i'm excited for the game but i still have my criticisms (laughs) because
0: i I get and i get that i get that
1: and i I don't want to make this about legend of zelda but when I first played the Wind Waker, I felt the same way. I'm like, what are these graphics? This mm-hmm. is not how Link's supposed to look. He's supposed to look like like strong. I hated the graphics of Wind Waker. But as I played it, that went out the window. Because yeah, so,
0: now you feel it. Now you get to like, you're yeah. the one moving it, and it feels natural, you know?
1: Yeah, so I feel as though that I have to get in the game in my hands. And once I get a feeling of it, then I'll be... Like good to go like heck even stranger of paradise i was a little skeptic but i was on more on the positive side of that game but it was only when i played the demo this like the first and second time where i was really like yo this game about to be fire i played through that game beat that game in like eight days so it, it really dep- it really depends on how the game feels like stranger of paradise felt like it felt fantastic Felt like a action version of it tactics did. where you had all these different jobs and you could do a bunch of crazy things. So if the gameplay is phenomenal, then the looks while I might meme it occasionally, it's going to it's it's not going to matter in the most part. Graphics is just something that I noticed first, but the gameplay is likely going to be the thing that gets me like excited and really going forward to play the game.
0: Honestly, and that's and maybe this is something that's kind of helped my perception of FF sixteen. And don't get me wrong, I think graphics and visual aesthetics are very important, but it might be fourth on my list. Like for me, with video games, like gameplay is first and foremost. Like story and characters come second, and I think I might even put soundtrack before visual aesthetics, and then I would put like graphics and stuff like that. Um, you know, but you know, at least for me, I, I kind like. The first two trailers, I felt very much the same way you did. Where I was like, "Wait, yeah. this is supposed to be PS5. Why doesn't it look as good as like remake?" You know, now yeah. remake wasn't a perfect looking game, but you could see that the mo- like the money went into the character models, like and and yeah. those you know graphics and textures. Uh, yeah. But like you were saying, the faces were kind of throwing me off a little bit. I was like, "There's something not as alive as these." Whereas yeah. I should feel like that. Oh, that that liveliness and authenticity that I felt in remakes facial expressions um with this being a PS5 game I want to feel them even more um yeah and then that third trailer came out that had me feeling more confident that made me go okay now I'm definitely a day one guy because I was always gonna buy this game I was always gonna play this game but it took until the third trailer for me to go okay I'm day one And then, and then right around when they dropped that third trailer, they at the same time said like, yeah, the game's 95% done, but we want to spend the next six to 12 months, uh, patching the visual, like patching it and like patching up the visuals and stuff like that. And I was like, do you really need that much time? But then (laughs) seeing those six months go by, seeing that latest Final Fantasy trailer, I suddenly went... Oh. oh, oh.
1: <laughs>
0: I oh. get it now cuz now the game it, it looks as colorful as a Final Fantasy game should look. It still carries that more brutish dark overtone, which I do think is something. And this is something else that has me really excited for the game. I think it's something the Final Fantasy series needs. And like this M rating and maybe we can get into that a little bit. That is exactly what the series needs because look, like Final Fantasy 15 is the latest entry in the series. It's, it wasn't Creative Business Unit 1, which is where yeah. Nomura, Katasi, and Nojima are, but it had their footprint. So, yeah. I, I understand why for a lot of people that game felt off, because it's like the people that crafted the, like, mannequin weren't the ones who finished the project up at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Um, but I feel like they really need a strong mainline entry, and you know, you know me, I simped for Final Fantasy fourteen, but There's no fronting for the (laughs) fact that when that game first came out, it was a bust. There's no fronting for that. Um, Yeah. So, what they really need is a non quote unquote Nomura ish Final Fantasy to really slap out the gate. Like, 14 is an achievement. Nobody would take that away from Final Fantasy 14. But the series is in desperate need of a hit out the gate. I can't, I think Final Fantasy Time. Final Fantasy time, excuse me. <laughs> I think Final Fantasy 10 is the last time they've released a game that was just universally beloved out the gate. Like I think it that's the last time they really pulled it off. 11 while it was successful was very mixed at first. 12, you know, is still mixed to this day. 13 don't even get people started. 14, 14 fumbled for the first few years and then got it together. And then fifteen, the same idea. They kind of fumbled out the gate, but now the Royal Edition is like a perfect version of that game. Sixteen really needs to absolutely nail it on day one. It can't be, oh, here's the day one version of the game, and then a year later, now it's the game it was meant to be. I feel like so desperately, this just needs to be a a home run out the gate.
1: Yeah. No, no, definitely. Because the the one thing I do like about um yoshida is is that he's giving people confidence where he's like we're not going to like have a bunch of post-game stuff where you need it in order to get the full story and i feel like he's been saying the right things to give people confidence that this will be the game to be complete have a good story yep. you're gonna have good combat and even gave the people who don't like action combat confidence saying like hey look going to be a casual mode so even if you're not that great at action games this game will still be for you and the one thing i know the people who play 14 look i i got too much stuff on my plate i i don't got time for mmos like that you know when i do i barely have time for the one i play but i know the people who play those games speak highly about the story i'll see content creators speak about 14 and i'm like is it really that good Maybe no, one is, of these days when is, I have man. more time, i'll I'll try it out, but I'll see it. and I'm always like curious like i'll I'll speak my piece like, oh, it looks like this, but it's like again, if the story's fire, at least I want to experience it and so I definitely do appreciate the approach that's been taken with sixteen. And like you said, if you look at it since ten, All the games that have come out has had some issue. And it's it's crazy to think that. (laughs) Like, yeah, because it's 20
0: years, dude. Like it's not a short amount of time. Like, we're talking about two decades that Square Enix really has not dropped a universally beloved game out of the gate. And again, save for 14. It's most certainly universally beloved now. It's one of the biggest games in the whole world, and in my opinion, rightfully so. But it's just crazy to think about that. It's really been 20 years since they really pulled that off. And I think it's a must this time around. Um, I'll speak on behalf of Final Fantasy XIV. I think it's one of the strongest stories in the series. However, that really takes until you get to Shadowbringers. There's You could look at it as like there's three major... Every main campaign in 14 is basically its own Final Fantasy game. So Final yeah. Fantasy XIV is like five or six Final Fantasy games at this point and it takes until about the third or fourth one for it to become an all-time great. The first three campaigns or so, main campaigns um are I don't want to say run of the mill, but are your average final fantasy experience. Uh I would compare <laughs> it to the likes of 15 or, you know, maybe to the likes of maybe even Final Fantasy 8. I really like Final Fantasy 8. Not hating on it. <laughs> really like Final Fantasy 15. Not hating on it. But those are very to yeah. me like in the middle if you're going to rank the all-time best Games like 15, 8, and um, the first few campaigns of 14 would come come in right at the middle for me.
1: That would just be my opinion, though. All right. Um, Dang. Uh, I mean, you you know how I feel about uh, the favorite Final Fantasy game. (laughs) It's ironic. I was playing a little bit of it until I got distracted at work.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you. Obviously you talk about Final Fantasy 9, but how do you feel about this being like the first like I don't want to say real return to the fantasy element, but definitely the heaviest fantasy influence we've seen probably since Final Fantasy 9.
1: Yeah, so for for me, um yeah, like Final Fantasy 9 is probably the most played Final Fantasy game of the olden times. And then I kind of I didn't play 10 right after 9 cuz uh I didn't have a PlayStation 2 of my own. So mm-hmm. really, the next Final Fantasy game I got to experience after 9 was 13, like like 10 years later. And I played 13, and I didn't like 13 at first because I didn't really understand the story, and I sucked at the combat, but through mm-hmm. playing it, got really good. And I was like, you know, I kind of like the sci-fi setting. Mm-hmm. I also, like, I, I was never, like, super in love with the medieval setting, but it it, it didn't bother me. The knights and the swords, I will admit it's not really my favorite aesthetic. I don't know. My, my favorite aesthetic is like that, like more so like that, meet medieval Japan, like mm. that. I forget what era the Edo era, maybe, yeah, the like, Edo, where they, the got Edo the kat- they got the katanas, they got mm-hmm. the samurai, the ninja kind, kind of that stuff. I probably said like three different eras, but. <laughs> uh, that's more of my favorite aesthetic if we're getting to like the swords and stuff the knights and armors uh, it it really depends but that's not going to stop me from enjoying 16 so when i heard that it's going back to the fantasy the one thing i did like was the whole aspect about the crystals because i know in nine if anyone has ever played nine it deals with that aspect in that game so it is interesting to hear about a game going back to that concept after such a long time
0: yeah and you know it seems like in a lot of ways final fantasy 16 is like in it feels like a love letter to the final fantasy lore like to the point that summons i feel like without even knowing much about 16 yet i feel like you can already make an argument that summons are going to be more important in this game than any other game before. The only one I could really compare it to is Ten. There are a lot of games yeah. that really kind of put the summons on the periphery, like Seven. Final Fantasy Seven is an example of that, in my opinion. Um, but this is putting summons front and center, like yeah. really front and center, like for the first time, in my opinion. And safer, I'm not someone who's played Final Fantasy Eleven, um, but I have played Twelve through Fifteen. Really, yeah. for the first time since Ten.
1: Hmm.
0: Like there's a summoner class in FF14, but it's not I mean, but you have the I mean,
1: <laughs>
0: you have primals in FF14 which are yeah. important but not quite not to the point that like in FF16 where you're going to have main characters transforming into the summon seemingly or having some yeah. kind of um like back and forth relationship with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I, I just actually thought about something, right? So have you ever watched Digimon growing up? Here and there, here and there. I was a little I was a
0: little freaking brat, man. I felt like Digimon was competing with Pokemon, so I was like, nah, get that shit out of here. Get the uh, shit out of
1: here. Yeah. So I, I was gonna say I was so there fucker. was uh <laughs> the fourth season of Digimon, I forget what the official name was, but they basically would transform into the Digimon. So damn again. I didn't like the idea at first because I'm like, why do he turn into the Digimon? They' supposed to be like their companion mm-hmm. and whatnot. But then, like watching it, it really got interesting how they went about it. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, it really got crazy because they like gave their powers to like the main two characters. And I don't know, just like we're talking about this, I just thought about that. Like, what if that's what's happening with Clive, where they're giving him the powers? Because he has like a greater purpose that he's going to meet. And we find that out as you're playing his story in the game.
0: Mm -hmm. I you know what I almost see it as? Have you ever played Persona? I've seen it here and there. It it almost kind of feels like they're summoning their persona. Because they have to like call them forth, just like in Persona, and they kind of become this battle companion where like it's the source of all their power. Like they don't unlock their. They don't unlock their anime powers until they unlock their persona. (laughs) So I I wonder if that's going to be a similar case in 16. I have to say, because I love, I really do love it when they mix it up. I do. Like I'm someone, I love the story changes in Remake. I mean, they could always fumble it in the next entries, but I like the ballsy move. I like the ballsy move. Um, It looks like we're going to get to like actually play action as summons, like actually have summon action combat. It looks like that there might be the potential for that. Like, maybe it's all just a, a cutscene, right? That you unlock when you summon Ifrit. But, like, it, it seems to imply that you may get to, like, fight as Ifrit. I don't know. Were yeah. you getting the same impression?
1: So, yeah, from what I saw in the trailers, it looks as though that you'll be able to control them in, like, I guess, like, an arena-like uh, setting. Yeah. And you'll have different combos that you can dish out. I don't think it'd be as robust as when like you're in human form, but I think right. it'd be good enough to where you're going at it with the other the monster. Yeah. I was about to say Kaiju.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's funny. I've been calling, I've been calling them Kaiju. Like when I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, we got Kaiju battles now. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. There's some line in the chat saying Kaiju fights. That's I let's go for it. Like, that's what I mean is like, we have these summons. Like that's one thing I do. Love about the Final Fantasy series is that even though each story is its own unique thing, there is a consistent underlying lore, right? Like you have these yeah. summons, you have Materia, you have um, Moogles and Chocobos and Cactuars and uh, yeah. Carbuncles. There's always this like base level lore that they all share. And I think what's really drawing me to 16 is they want to take that base level lore and and almost seemingly orbit the story around it. Yeah. Like, that's what's really compelling me, because I'm not sure if Final Fantasy series has really done that in a long time. But I don't know. I don't know. Again, I didn't play Eleven, so again, yeah. I'm completely ignorant as to what that game contains. Uh, okay, I'm being cor- a little bit correct in the chat. I, I left out the Tomberries. Excuse me. I left out the Tomberries in the... I hate yes. this are they not, are they pronounced pew pews or poo poo I never know uh, I'm
1: the I'm the wrong person to the wrong person to
0: ask I never uh, I've been calling them pew pews but deep down in my heart I feel like I know they're poopoos uh anyway <laughs> anyway um so you know you laid out some of the things that you have been you know critical of ff16 what are in particular the things that have you excited to play play the game
1: so when i heard that the game was going to have a combat more in line of like devil may cry mm-hmm. i've i've seen devil may cry gameplay heck i even bought devil may cry for anticipation of 16 really? so that way i can get an idea of how the gameplay is it's in my backlog mm-hmm. so eventually i'm going to play it so i'm excited for the gameplay aspect of 16 i also Before they told us, I I was excited for the party members, but even though we won't be able to play with a large bunch of people, I'm still excited of the interactions because we like haven't seen like Clive fully interact with these people and how he is as a person. Like right now, he's still mysterious. So I I definitely want to see what's going on with him. I want to see like I guess the political side of things in these kingdoms, because uh, this this Final Fantasy is really giving like a moral and ethical type of like questioning, like stuff like, "Hey, is this right to do?" You're like, "It's all over people? 14
0: I just want to yeah. let you know, all that's so fourteen. That's why I love. But go on, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I want to see how that plays out because for me, I won't always say like, "Oh yeah, I like the political aspect and like how things play out," but every now and again i'll let it slip because there were tv shows i don't know if you ever saw the show called the 100 but it essentially at some point it became like a show where they're surviving and they're doing things that like ethically would have been wrong in like a regular world setting Mm -hmm. more they're getting rid of their morals for survival and i feel as though that in 16 they're going to be doing the same thing where they're throwing their morals out for their own greater good. Like Machiavellian style, yeah. So I definitely want to see how that plays out in this game. Um and then I guess cuz like every Final Fantasy <laughs> the joke is is that the there's a villain and then there's a final villain that you don't see until the very end. <laughs> yeah.
0: The the uh the uh the Uno reverse card
1: yeah so i want to see if that's i want to see if that's implemented in this game too
0: you know what's funny i actually think it's one of the reasons ff7 is so beloved is because they actually didn't do that like sephiroth is actually your final boss in ff7 and i think a lot of people uh appreciated that um but anyway um yeah no i agree with you that sort of moral ambiguity or calling morality into question that's definitely coming to ff16 and FF14 is a game that has a lot of that sort of like, let's call it, uh, call it political developments. There's a lot of those things drawn in and you see how it changes by nation and they don't, they don't propose anything is right and wrong. What they do is they just give you the perspective of certain nations or certain collectives and why they're doing what they do. And even if you don't end up agreeing with them, it has a very nuanced way of laying it out to you that you understand why those characters, that village or that nation may be acting in the way that they are. Um, Because I love it when stories do that. I love it when stories do that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not looking for it to reflect real world politics at all. That's not what I I go there for. But to be clear, I definitely do like it when it plays with the politics of its own world, you know, like that. That stuff to me, and, and in a way, that's in that reflection, you can kind of have that, but um, that's really the kind of stuff I look for. I will say, one thing I was really skeptical of until we saw it was I was going to be a little jaded if we didn't really have a party. To me, Final yeah. Fantasy has always been about having the party. Now, I love the idea we're really only going to have one playable character. They said there's two in all, but for the most part, it seems like we're going to be controlling one character at a time. I like that because while you're running this alongside the remake trilogy which has a combat function where you are going to be constantly rotating between party yeah. members, this is a great way to differentiate itself and be like no 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 no, we're putting all of the budget, all of the best minds and like engineers into this one or two characters combats to really give like that the most like full experience that they can that and the fact that we got a dog in the party that did it for me i was like let's go let's go baby first one since angelo so i'm excited for that
1: for for me i was i was also kind of on the fence when i the party thing was like yeah he's the only person in the party because for me when i i remember when 13-2 first got announced because I eventually fell in love with Thirteen. Thirteen Two got announced. And I was like, "Yo, I can't wait to play with Hope. I can't play with all these guys from an original game." Mm-hmm. And then you find out there's only two playable characters, and then the rest are the monsters. I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> but eventually, I played the game, and I was like, "You know what? I like Thirteen Two as well." I so, never played Thirteen Two, man. I, I I played Thirteen,
0: but I never made it through the trilogy. Did, have you yeah. played Lightning Returns as well?
1: So I will be honest, uh 13 to 13, too, they're not incredibly hard. But for me, I guess there's a learning curve. Like I, I couldn't enjoy it because it was hard for me. So I I I never got through it. Yeah. <laughs> I played I played it, but I never got through it.
0: See, I made it through 13. It took me a couple tries. Because I tried it once when I when it first came out, and I was like. 13 something like that and it was just so it was just I didn't understand the combat it was so different than anything I had played at least final fantasy wise because for me you know I didn't get to play final fantasy 12 until recently so the last yeah. game I had played was 10 which was like all turn based all like straight up rpg and then we do 13 where it's like everything was different people are changing classes between saboteur and this and I could not figure it out but when I came back to it when I was in college I found I actually really enjoyed 13's combat, and it's very different from the rest of the series. That's actually kind of what I like about it.
1: Yeah, and like, sometimes I'll play 13, and I'm like, wow, I can do this? It's Mm -hmm. like, once you understand the combat of that game, it, it it's it's just like a whole nother level of oh my goodness, I could enjoy this game on this level. Yep. And doing things that you're not supposed to do or doing it in a different way is fun. Cause like if you I bought well, I got the guidebook from my friend and I followed that and I just listened to the guidebook. But then mm-hmm. after a while like I don't like how it says this. I learned a better way of doing things through either research or just experiments on my own. So Thirteen, it, it, it was a eh, but then it became a yes, 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 and like I didn't like how everybody called it the the press X to win game because I watched somebody on stream play that game and she could not win. She it took her a couple times to get through the final boss.
0: <laughs> it's dude that Final Fantasy always notoriously jacks up the final boss. Thirteen was another monster. Like that is <laughs> like nine notoriously's final boss, at least for me, is always, always tough to get through. Um, but thirteen was it took me a long while. I remember I actually in college I was so eager to see the final cutscene that after failing for probably what was the 86th time, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take the pressure off. I'm just gonna watch the final cutscenes. So I have the story this way the fight won't frustrate me as more. I'll have a clearer head because, like, me knowing the story yeah. is no longer dependent on my victory. And what do you know? I won the very next time I played. The very next <laughs> time. I was so mad at myself. And I was like, it literally was my own, like, mental fog because I was like, man, if I slip up, I'm not going to know how this ends. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was glad to persevere through that. Uh. But yeah, man, I mean, look... It's, it's been so long. When did 15 come out? Was that 2016? Has, yeah, it, it was
1: 2016. It's going to be seven I,
0: years in between titles. That's insane.
1: And you know what bothered me about 15? I was like, all right, this game is coming out. All right, I'm ready. I think it originally was supposed to come out earlier in 2015. 16. Then they're like, it's coming out in September. Then they're like, psych, is coming out in November. Like, stop delaying the <laughs> goddamn game. And it, it's sad to say this, but I never got the chance to fully beat the game because by the time it finally came out, I played a little bit of it, then got busy, then life kicked my butt, and like, I never got back to it. I mean, dude, but that... the good news... yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But the good news is, is that I mean, it's on PlayStation 5 as a PS Plus game. Mm-hmm. So that plus the Pixel remasters, I have, oh, and I bought eight. So really, the only Final Fantasies I don't have at my disposal to play is Final Fantasy 11 and 14.
0: The online ones make sense. 11, I'd love to play 11 someday. I feel like, I I, I know there's an offline version that you can, you can play. Um, I'd like to get into it one day. I feel like that might be just one of the ones I end up missing. I'd like to eventually play every entry in the series, but most of what I'm missing is like Final Fantasy two through five, and I don't know. It's uh, how do you feel going backwards in time in the Final Fantasy so, series? Like six to me is still solid. Um, I haven't played five. Five is I'm pro. I, I'm probably gonna get the pixel remaster for five, and play that. Yeah. Because that that, well, that one I hear a lot
1: of good things about. So for me, um, see, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm kind of in the middle, right? Because mm-hmm. for me, as graphics get better, you don't want to go back. But if the new game sucks, then you do want to go back. It, I think I've told you this, but Majora's Mask is a perfect example of this. The oh. 2015 3DS oh. version, I'm gonna mute it myself. was terrible. It was terrible for me. So I went back and played the original. I'm like, yeah, the original's better.
0: Okay, no, okay, now, now you're speaking my language. Okay, I was afraid. I apologize. I projected an awful opinion on you. I thought you were about to be like, yo, Majora's was such ass. I went back and played A Link to the Past. Like, that's where, that's where I thought you were going. But no, I agree with you, actually. And I have felt this way. I grew up on those N64 Zeldas. I love them with all of my heart. And when those 3DS... Remake remakes what we considered a remake at the time when those 3ds yeah. remakes were announced i went bananas and I, I i got them day one but dude i gotta be honest with you i never finished either 3ds remake i couldn't i was like it's just the same game and to me yeah. like part of what made that n64 era so special were those like creepy polygon graphics That's what makes all that stuff so creepy and eerie and gives it its atmosphere. The 3DS ones like smooth them out to a point. It kind of lost a lot of its flavor. So I prefer to play the N64 ones. You know, as far as Final Fantasy and now with these remasters and these remakes, I don't know. I don't know how interested I am in fresh coat of paint remasters now. Like I know we just did that with Crisis Core. But I never yeah. played Crisis Core. Like, I never got to play it. So Me either. So, for me, yeah. it's like, oh, this is the first time I get to play it. Um, but any time some game just got, like, a fresh coat of paint style remake, it just, it never hits for me.
1: It just and never does. I got another example of that. There is this game called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon.
0: Nintendo yeah, yeah.
1: announced a remaster of it back in 2020, about January, and they said it was coming out in two months. I liked how they announced it, it as coming out that fast. What I didn't like is is that instead of just doing a simple remaster, essentially giving us the same game, which I would have been fine with, they changed the gameplay. They got rid of the basic attack, and they did a couple things, but they kept the game roughly the same. I played, beat the game, and I was like, I don't even want to touch the post-game. That was the best part about the original game. In this game, I'm like, uh, maybe I'll come back to it. It's been two years plus, and I still have yet to go back to it after beating it. But it didn't sit well with me. Now, I have to admit, I kind
0: of I kind of lost which game you were talking about. I got everything after uh, you mentioned which game.
1: Uh, Pokemon Mystery, Mystery Dungeon. Dungeon. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I my uh, my wife actually bought that game. She grew up playing it, and loved it, but kind of actually had a similar experience to you. Um, those never do it for me. I don't know what it is, but you know, I really liked Seven Remake. As someone who like the the OG FF Seven, might as well have been my Bible when I was a teenager. So it's <laughs> like I played Remake, and it was like you know what? I enjoyed that infinitely more than all of these fresh coat of paint remakes. Like I was a huge Spyro fan growing up and they, re- they remastered all those games and they look so beautiful. But I'm like, I played those games gotta... 30 <laughs> times already. Like, do I really need to do that again? Like,
1: yeah. I don't know. And it's funny you mentioned Spyro because last month I went through the first two Spyro games, which oddly enough, I'd never played on the PlayStation. Really? I I had a fun blast playing those because i ended up like going for it 100 percent. they're great games yeah and i'm like i was like you know even though the remaster is great it's not like the original was terrible it's just it's the best way to play it yeah like in spyro's case since they didn't mess up the game too much from the original it's it's fine but when they like Call it a remaster slash remake and then it's like they change the gameplay and mm-hmm. it's like that one little thing that annoys you. That that goes a long way.
0: Yeah, and you know what? This is why I actually I appreciate Square Enix making their language clear. To them, yeah. to them, a remaster is yesterday's remake. What we considered a remake yesterday, Square Enix considers a remaster today. What they gave us with Crisis Core was a remaster, not a remake. What they gave us with FF7 remake was a remake. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that affects the industry moving forward. And I wonder that, like, if they ever did remake Ocarina of Time, do they have to do it after the FF7 model? Or are they just going to try the Fresh Coat of Pain again? My money with Nintendo would be Fresh Coat of Pain again. But yeah, it it makes you think when you consider some of these uh, other older games. Like, I know they're redoing last of us 2 and everyone i, I know a lot of people yeah. are like do we really need this like this this just uh, happened or is it last of us 1 they're remastering i don't know i never played either last game. of
1: us last of us part one and they're making a tv show that comes out next month on hbo believe and something tells me that's just gonna do numbers but i didn't think that that was needed and what confused a lot of people was is that they called it a remake because they changed the gameplay, but it was still the same story. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay, all right. Maybe that's a remake to y'all. But to me, this is a remaster. Like you said, a fresh coat of paint and some things changed, but it's you didn't the same remake thing from it. before. You
0: didn't remake it. You know, it's like when a, a studio remasters a Beatles song. They didn't remake the song. They just yeah. edited it in a way that it could play better on a stereo. Yep. You know? So it's like, I- I'm all for the change in language. I think it'll make, it'll, uh it'll make people happier. I think, I think <laughs> they'll know what they're getting into. Um, but get, bring us back to FF16. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Another. Have you looked into the, like, how, have you been on like the website? Did you read any of the character profiles at all?
1: Like I that. so even if you this is the them. weird thing, like, I basically lost so, them. So this is the weird thing. You go see the American site for FF16; it don't give you much. You go to the Japanese website; they got the character model, yep, like yep. information. They have the story and stuff. And I glanced over it a bit, but I'm like, all right, let me see the American version, and nothing.
0: nothing.
1: So, I. From what I can tell, we have Sid, whose full name I can't pronounce. Somebody on Twitter mentioned that, like Sid from Seven, he's smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. If you see in his art, he actually has a cigarette in his hand. I thought that I thought that was cool because it's like I didn't even notice that when I first saw him. It's a little, little and, tip of
0: the cap, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and even his character is like. Of all the characters I've seen so far, I think I'm more so hyped to see how Jill and Sid is more so than Clive at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, uh,
0: I lo- like the main party of Clive, Sid, Jill, and Torgle. I think the dog's name is. I'm all for it. It looks like a dude, his lady, his bro, and his pup. And I don't know. <laughs> I, vi- I vibe with that. Um, I am a sucker for time skips. I'm a sucker. Yeah. I'm such a sucker for time jumps and time skips. So to see that, it's like they're all going to grow up with, like, happy childhood. Like, they're all friends. They get to know each other. They're, Jill's going to be, like, probably some girl next door. Ty's going to be, she's wearing, like, <laughs> you see in the trailer, she's wearing this nice noble dress. And Clive and Joshua, they're, they're, they're brothers, they're having a good time. And it just looks like it all goes to shit. And five years later, everyone has, like, a little bit of a demon in them now. After all the shit yeah. they went through, and there's something about that that excites me, and that I can't wait to see unfold because it looks like they're all dealing with their share of either trauma or hardship, and kind of what you were bringing up before. I'm interesting to see. I'm interested in seeing what behaviors or decisions they try to justify to try to sort of rectify or get over some of those hardships or trauma.
1: Yeah, and. From what uh, from what I could like make out, even looking at the first trailer, is Joshua seemed like he was sheltered from his other siblings uh, in some ways. I guess uh, there was like some hierarchy, cause the the woman's like, "What did I tell you, Joshua? Uh, you you like come come here and like it's almost like she's disgusted." by the other siblings Mm. while taking joshua away Mm. almost as if she looks down on say them two because clive was supposed to be the dominant but he wasn't and then jill is from another kingdom that came in and was basically raised like their siblings so maybe Mm -hmm. she looks down on the other two and only joshua is special to her maybe that's his mom could be could be and now you know I'm
0: I'm wondering about what you brought up like that he she seemed almost kind of disgusted and maybe there's some separation uh between some of the brothers and it's like maybe because you look Clive has like a different different color hair than Joshua which I don't have to confirm anything but like maybe Clive is like half royal blood half peasant blood so and maybe he was the only choice they had so it's like all right he's gonna be the dominant but then they have Joshua. And maybe he's like a pure blood royal, and he's going to be the dominant. I don't know. Part of what I love is there's not a lot that I know about this story yet, um, but that's an interesting observation. I, I wonder, I wonder what that's going to lead to.
1: Yeah, I but like because we're going through the different time jumps. I feel like they'll definitely be able to give us an ample amount of time and different like the times of Clives. To life. So we'll have that. I feel like we'll spend a lot more time than what we might think we will. And that aspect of Cl- Clive's life. So young Clive. Right now, that's kind of like my favorite design of Clive. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like that middle ground where he's like, I guess a part of that cult. I don't fully get that yet. And then I guess the later part of his life when he's like in the the outfit we see in the main concept art of him. So right now my favorite like or at least what i'm anticipating being my favorite part of the game is going to be like the early section of like exploring clive and the kingdom and Mm -hmm. like what do they fight for
0: yeah and honestly i think getting that little glimpse of like clive running into like the castle town or that sort of king like seeing that seeing that made made it feel very on brand for final fantasy in a way i don't know i just remember seeing that one little clip of clive running through like a castle town in the last trailer and like just that shot in particular like got me excited you know um but i'm pretty interested in that too like i I like the way you put that kind of figure out okay so we're gonna spend the early part of this game figuring out what exactly are we fighting for you know what exactly do these characters stand for um I don't know, man. So much of it is a mystery. I hope they don't unveil too much,
1: you know. That that's also the thing that I'm kind of liking in in some ways. I mean, for content is hard, but like from like a I don't want to be spoiled is good. Yeah. Because as far as like the trailers go, they give us enough, but it's still vague to where it gets you talking because mm-hmm. you. You could probably even make out that Jill and Clive were somewhat close Mm -hmm. just based upon how she teams up with him later. But also in the one start of the trailer, you see them casually talking, probably because Clive was probably treated a different way compared to his brother, Joshua. So Mm -hmm. he probably spent more time around her versus his younger brother. Like maybe, maybe when he was a kid, he was like raised a certain way, but when like he got to a certain age and they're like it's not him and it's the brother, they probably like treated him differently. And maybe he like could confined confined into uh in <laughs> I can't even say words. Maybe he confided with Jill and they gain they got close and maybe like when like one of the trailers where you see, like they're saying, we're after Shiva's dominant. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he's he's only there because he suspects that it's Jill, and maybe he's already plotting to like team up with her from the get-go. There, because
0: well, I think we do the... know that Jill is Shiva's dominant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Ah, so we got this. Going, it seems like it's going to be a sort of like getting the band back together segment. I yeah. guess we're kind of finding old friends. Um, you know, I'm curious. Um. So, first of all, it's not every day, and this is something we saw in the first trailer. It's not every day you get a Final Fantasy trailer where there's blood all over a child's face. Yeah. Um, I I remember that being, in a good way, taken aback by that when I saw the first trailer. And I was like, okay, this is uh, is not Creative Business Unit 1. That is for sure. Um, (laughs) Much as I love those guys, I wish they would. They used to do more blood back in the day, and I think Remake could have benefited from some blood. But anyway, um, let me get back into what I was getting at. I can remember what I was getting at. Um 16. Oh god. This happened to me on my happened to me on last night's episode too. I lost my point midpoint. Um, but oh yeah, got it, got it back, baby. So we see what happens to Joshua, and he seems to like take on a Phoenix, right? Like he seems to take on that form and like maybe become that dominant. Um is Clive on a quest to kill him? Because he's in that first it, trailer, he says like, I'll kill you if it's the last thing I do. He says something along those lines, right? I'm not crazy remembering that.
1: Nah, you're not crazy. I uh, he, Who's he, he hunting? Said
0: that... That's what I want to know.
1: So some people have said there is uh two E-freets, right? There's e and there's a dark e I don't know if the interviews like confirm that, but I had it in my whole head that it's like Clive got i guess ifrit but he mentions that sometimes he's not sure if he's in control or not so maybe like when we see the two ifrits perhaps it's a internal struggle or maybe i'm wrong and there is two ifrits and he's on a quest to kill the other ifrit but what i kind of was alluded to us is that so in lore phoenixes phoenixes are capable of resurrecting themselves right yes so I thought if Joshua's killed here, what if he didn't actually die, and he's just perhaps... a living
0: phoenix down?
1: <laughs> yeah, and like, what if he becomes like a major piece in the story? Like, what if there's something more to it? Like, I don't want to say he ends up becoming the bad guy or something. Like, maybe, maybe maybe it's just more to it. It's just it's hard for me to. It's say, hard to
0: speculate. It's hard to speculate.
1: Yeah. Cause like I don't want to say uh, say the wrong thing. I made a video and I said something. Someone's like, "No, actually, this." And I'm like, "Maybe, maybe." Like I, I thought that uh, I, I was people could be, oh, uh, be OD sometimes, dude.
0: People could be OD sometimes. People got to know like content creators are people too. Even yeah. e- even if the content creator you like is really knowledgeable about a subject, our brains slip just like anybody else, and we'll say something yeah. stupid. It don't matter. <laughs> but dude, I, I wonder. I wonder because. They showed, that's like the first, that was like the first thing they showed us. It's almost like that incident, like that whole thing with Joshua having the blood on his face. It's almost like this is going to be that game's Nibelheim incident. Yeah. Like everything is going to circle that event where some like, I don't know if it's going to be some like shadow society or some like, um, operatives from a foreign nation. But like some people seem to invade a situation, knock out his protectors and then just get them. And where it goes from there, I don't know, but...
1: Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing I noticed was is that the guy that cuts uh, presumably Joshua's father mm-hmm. is a part of their kingdom. He's wearing the same outfit. So he's a, tra- either so, a traitor
0: like, or a spy,
1: then. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, all right, like, I definitely want to see what happens here, because if if they're really fighting over resources as early as this point. Then definitely there was a spy of some sorts. Oh yeah. Ugh. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know
0: you're fighting a little bit of a cold here. Um. <laughs> so, let let <laughs> let us know if you need a tissue break.
1: Um. I should be good. All right.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um. You know, I have to really wonder, I have to really wonder if, like, you know, like you brought up, is he gonna, is he just one and done? Is he gonna get killed there, transforming to the Phoenix, and then they end up killing the Phoenix? Or does he end up getting away, or does he end up under the control of somebody else? And like you're saying, there's obviously somebody in that situation that's a traitor or a spy, because it seems like they sort of, from the very little that we could see, it seems like they were, like, lured into a trap. And then the question just yeah. becomes, like, well, what do they want with Joshua? Like, what do they have to gain? Like, why do they have to kill Joshua, who's, like, Phoenix is dominant? Like, what's so special about Phoenix? What's so special about Joshua? Like, you know, at the end of the day, why him and not Clive? Why is he the target? Oh, I just hit my knee on my desk. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, just start talking. Just start talking while I, so- well, yeah, go for it.
1: Alright, let's see. So one thing that I've been really curious about Joshua is is that if he's a main character, because people were saying that he dies, what if he plays a bigger role in a story? Because so far what we can tell, Clive, main character, Jill, main character, and they had oh. Joshua listed as a main character for the longest. But if he presumably dies early on, that doesn't really make him a main character, right? So Maybe we, as the audience, think he dies, but that's actually not what happens. And he ends up being a uh, having a bigger role in the story, and we see it like kind of happen maybe in the background. Like there's this hooded guy that uh, randomly appears. But uh, my understanding of storytelling is is that when you don't directly show a character and you hide their face, that means they're either a, a really important character. That you're not supposed to see. Or something else is going on. Maybe. Because like, I've watched Naruto. And they hid away this man Toby. And it's to the point where everyone's like. Wait it could be this person. It's like a thousand names. But the most obvious one. Was considered once. And then when it was announced. Everyone's like bro that's so corny. But it got everybody talking. So it could be a situation. Where it's like so obvious that we don't consider it to be Joshua or maybe it's so away from him and it's someone else, but still why hide a character if it's not someone that we know? That's, well, I, that's what I like. To, I like to think that.
0: No, that's a great question. It's a good point. Why hide a character if it's somebody that we
1: know? Um, But because I'm ahead. sure like, I'm sure like just to bring kingdom hearts into it, It like characters have been hidden. Like, remember in Cage 2, where you had Riku helping Sora throughout Kingdom Hearts 2, Mm -hmm. but he had the hood up and we never knew who it was. Right. And then you finally get revealed it's Riku who got transformed into Ansem. And you're like, oh, like it wasn't like a giant reveal, but still he was hidden from Sora and from us. And you only then find out if you play 358 over two, which came out after KH2. Mm-hmm. So this is what I kind of think about. Yeah. Did your knee? <laughs> I was about to say, did your knee heal?
0: Yeah, no, we're feeling bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still, I still feel, still feeling after and after, an after uh, <laughs> yeah. thing, I suppose we could say, but we're, we're going to be all right. I'll be able to hobble to bed uh just fine uh yeah ultimate and beast it, it is a final fantasy stream you literally showed up for like the the only three seconds kingdom hearts has been brought up in the last hour but that, maybe, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's just a sign of your presence ultimate and beast maybe it's just a sign of your presence um we are coming up on an hour so uh we could if anybody in the chat has any questions for us or any ideas based off the uh you know the stuff we've been talking about here um, I'm trying to think up if there's anything we that I wanted to bring up that we haven't discussed yet. Um, and I know I'm missing a thing or two. Um, do you have anything that you came in uh with that you wanted to say that we haven't brought up yet?
1: Uh, let's see. So I I kind of had this question and I mean not question, but I had this thought. So there's there's kind of like this thing since 16 is releasing in the same fiscal year as 7. A lot of people have had opinions in regards to that. One of my opinions was is that <clears throat> while I've had you know mixed feelings about 16, one thing that I think will happen is that I think this game is going to sell pretty like like a lot of numbers. I think it's going to sell like close to ten million, if not more. Yeah.
0: I, the honestly, it, and this is what I like about the ballsy move. Sorry to interrupt you, but them rating it M. It'll be interesting to see if that helps or hurts sales, but I love the ballsy move of just not caring.
1: Yeah. And so I pretty much was saying that I think 16 does really well, but then when 7 Rebirth kind of gets its time to shine, at the current moment, because we don't know the true sales of 7 Remake and Integrate and the Steam versions, everything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If if let's just say it doesn't do as well, is it because like the people who enjoyed sixteen were like eh, seven's not like this? But you did mention earlier that they they'll have like two distinct play styles where one to have party members and you could switch back and forth, and it was a really good battle system. And do you have sixteen, which has more of the single player vibes to it? So I'm guessing it's like my my concern was will people prefer one play style over the other and then when they see like oh final fantasy isn't like this for the other game will it turn them off or will they give it a chance since final fantasy one of them gave them like a really good experience so mm-hmm. that was something that i, I kind of spoke about and some people are like uh no it'll be fine and then other people are like oh uh, not going to come out in the same fiscal year but uh. i mean I, it'll be close i i think there's
0: probably a chance if rebirth doesn't get released late 23 it'll be early 24 um but i don't think square really binds at the end of the day i i mean if game freak can drop two pokemon games a year like square oh, can yeah drop two final fantasies they'll be just fine They'll be, it'll yeah. be just fine. Scrooge, you know that meme Scrooge McDuck, Duck just like diving through the money, diving through the cash. <laughs> that that's Square Enix releasing two like mainline Final Fantasy games in one year. They'll make loads of cash. But you know, I, I could see both games, 16 and Rebirth, selling 10 billion copies. I think it'll be a little harder for Rebirth. Because with 16, yeah. the consumer knows: hey, if I buy this game, I get to start at square one. And even though Square is telling you, oh, yeah, Rebirth could be your first Final Fantasy game ever. Don't worry about it. There are a lot of people that are going to be intimidated by the fact that it's like, wait, I I got to play Remake first, but this is also a sequel to the OG compilation, and you know, there's this Crisis Core remaster, and there's this. And, you know, I, I understand why someone would be really intimidated by the 7 trilogy right now, as opposed yeah. to 16, which is just like, hey, 60 bucks, and it's the whole it's the whole thing. As in the whole story, I'm not knocking remake for splitting it up. I think it's the right thing to do, but it is an easier entry point if when 16 is just saying, "Hey, you're going to start at square one, and when this game's over, you're going to know everything that everybody else knows." It's not going to be somebody on Reddit telling you don't know shit because you didn't play the flip phone game, you know. Like, <laughs> and I that's appealing. That that is appealing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, somebody in the chat had asked the question, uh, I think I'm reading this right question for Kai is very nice with the community post on your channel of Sephiroth with the drip suit, almost being Turk or Vincent. So I'm not going to lie to you. I was looking for a picture to post on the community tab and I just searched up, I believe Sephiroth on... <laughs> Google, I found that picture, I saved it, and then I posted it on there. <laughs> I mean, like, Sephiroth... I don't know, I'm indifferent to Sephiroth. Like, I, like uh, Crisis Core, from what I've played so far, really, like, makes his character likable. And remake, and an original, it's like, Sephiroth just seems like this real big douchebag.
0: He's too... Eth- he's, he's very ethereal. He's very ethereal. I know what you mean by the big douchebag lie, because he's just... He's literally there just to egg you on, just to literally drive Cloud mad. Um, But in Crisis Core, you do get to see the human side of him, and you kind of see how he became the monster he became. I do hope in Rebirth, they give us a little more time with it. Like, he can't just show up just to fuck with Cloud. Like, it's got to give me a scene where, like, he could even be having a self-monologue. I don't know. Give me... Give me something to chew on that isn't him trying to get under Cloud Skin. It's <laughs> neat. Um, in the chat says, I hope it lets you choose gore levels and continues, that's one thing I really liked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm not a gore fan, so it was cool it gave you the choice. You know, that is cool. Anytime you give the player options, I'm all for it. You know, obviously, so long as that op, the, giving the player those options doesn't dilute the experience. Um, but... Yeah, I guess giving people the choice of what level of gore you want to see can be beneficial.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because they've they've done that in video games. I, I don't know if you ever played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. But yeah, yeah, dude.
0: I had my time with that game when I was young.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there was a mission in that game that's so gory that they actually like give you the option to skip it. wow was it like turn down the goriness of it but so definitely if they give you the option to tone down the blood or anything i'm sure people will appreciate that me i'm keeping the option on
0: i'm gonna turn it all the way up i'm gonna turn it all the way up i want blood i want 3d glasses and the blood coming out of my screen let's do it and (laughs) i think final fantasy was actually like believe it or not that's one of the things ff7 was one of the first games to really do like, don't wrong, FF7 is not the first game to feature Blood, but it is the first Final Fantasy game to feature Blood. Um, if I'm not mistaken, somebody please feel free to correct me on that. Eric the Dude is in the chat, says, What up, Landy? Love you, streams, bro. Always good timing here. Hyped as hell for Final Fantasy 16. Can't wait for June. Yeah, it, it still feels kind of surreal that it's that, that close. He also continues, shout out to Kai the Player as well. Y'all both make great content. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, man, dude, June is right around the corner. Appreciate. <laughs> oh man, different strokes for different folks. As to like, yeah, you know, and I guess that's one of the things that's cool about options. I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed they have these these like some of these games have these accessibility options now, where like if you if you can only see like one color, it, it can help or stuff like that, or like if you can only see out of your periphery vision. They have modes that help you. Stuff like that just always amazes me. Uh, Just a Waffle says, another question for Landy Lodge. You played FF12, right? What was your first gameplay? I guess guess maybe what was your first experience getting knocked out by the dinosaur T-Rex? I think I know what you're talking about. The monster in the open world? Are you talking about a particular boss? Because then maybe I'm not familiar. But I fought a few dinosaur-looking dudes in the freaking wild and got my ass whooped. I can tell you that. But I do, I don't know, have you ever played FF12, Kai?
1: I haven't. It It's one of those games on my list that I do need to play.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's one of those, it's going to fall in the middle, maybe like low middle. Still a good game. I don't want to knock 12. It's still a really good game. Um, It's just, it's, I, I don't even think it would be in my top 10. But that's just me. That's just me. Denowitz (laughs) says, I'm happy 16 is making the summons part of the plot that has not happened since 9 and 10. Yeah, we were discussing that a little bit earlier, that the summons really... I mean, 14 does it, 14 does it, but they're definitely more antagonistic and pretty... um, I don't want to say oversaturated, but there's there's a lot of primals, let's just put it that way. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that with 16. I don't know, what summon are you looking forward to seeing the most that we haven't seen yet, Kai?
1: So um, I think we've seen him, uh, but Bahamut mm-hmm. and maybe more of Odin, because, um, actually, ah, uh, see, this is hard. See, this is hard. So when it comes to the summonings, uh, I would say that it's hard to say if I have a favorite, but Bahamut is like the one that I probably want to see more of. Maybe Shiva and uh the ramu i can't say his name right but ramu ramu ah
0: ramu i think it's actually ramu. ramu
1: yeah okay Th- those are the ones i want to see the most of and ironically two of the three is in the party with clive so but we're definitely going to see more of them
0: I think so too. Eric the dude has a great comment I want to expand on here. He says, "I want to see Leviathan man. I feel like it's where they haven't shown it on pur- they haven't shown it on purpose. Maybe that maybe there's something spoilery around its role in the game." Here's my theory, Eric the dude. So, like mythologically speaking, the Leviathan, it represents the social contract between people and their rulers, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a a social contract of like, "Okay, you're going to protect me from the chaos of the world." I'm going to give up X, y, and Z in exchange. You know, I'm going to give up X amount of my money. I'm going to give up uh, x amount of rights. It's a It's a social contract that we all at the end of the day get roped into. Um, and that's typically what the Leviathan represents. And, you know, Kai, you were talking about this earlier that there's a lot of political implications in these trailers to the point. It looks like that the politics of this world specifically are really gonna come into play. And I wonder if Eric the Dude, if maybe that's why they haven't shown the Leviathan yet, because they want to they maybe reserve that to maybe have it represent that in this game. I don't know. That's just my crackpot theory off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, I see Kyora's here. How are you, Kyora? Thanks for jumping in. Uh, and so let's the FF12 best game just by having Fran. You know, Fran is a great character. And I got to be honest, I spent uh, Stillette, I spent the first half of the game not really feeling it. Like she was cool, but I didn't really feel it. Then we went to the wood. And when we went to the wood, she became probably my favorite character in that game. But that's enough of FF12. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, there is something encouraging. If I'm not mistaken, you know, Kai. Or the chat, maybe you can correct me on this. But the people making FF16, there is a pocket of them that were involved in FF12, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I know FF14 is involved. Like, there's a lot of people from the FF14 team on this. But if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people from the FF14 team came from FF12. But I I don't know that uh, particularly or specifically.
1: yeah, I think I I heard that, and people have said it that of uh, people who worked on that game. I think they even said uh, some of the people that worked on the tactics game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, dang, they got like, like, I I know I'm gonna sound like a Namora fanboy when I say this, but like, I was kind of hoping that Tetsuya Namora had chipped in uh, with some helping with sixteen in some ways too.
0: Honestly. With the way Yoshi P talks about him, I'm sure Yoshi P would have loved to have him on, but I think that dude is the busiest man in the company, and he probably just doesn't have the time, you know? I mean, between the next Kingdom Hearts arc and the remake trilogy and the fact that he wants to make Varum Rex after Kingdom Hearts 4, that that dude, I just hope he's sleeping, man. I just hope he gets some sleep. But, you know, I'm with you, man, where it's like, at least as far as the Final Fantasy brand goes... It's really Nomura and Creative Business Unit One. Those are really the games and the vibe and the art style that I gravitate towards. Um, but that's all the more reason I feel like FF16 is important because part of yeah. what makes Final Fantasy so great is that it could be anything at, 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 a, at to a certain extent. Like any Final Fantasy game could be its own unique thing. But if every Final Fantasy game is just going to try and emulate Creative Business Unit One. Or Namur. That would get
1: boring. It gets boring.
0: I think that's why 15 suffered a little bit because it was not them, but trying to emulate their style. So it just it yeah. just fell a little flat. Um, okay, I see it's blowing up here. What's going on? Will's word and William Robinson. Coyore says, "I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised at that because of how similar FF12's combat system is to an MMO." Yeah, I know the 12 team definitely moved on to 14. There's also way too many 12 references in 14, which make me think that we may see some 12 or 14 references in 16. Uh, Sun Lion says, "The good thing about FF12 was its open zoned areas." Yes, I, I um, did find myself really appreciating that. Eric the Dude says, I've always wanted to play FF14, but I've been put off by the MMO aspect of it. But love how everyone that plays it seems to love it. Hyped to see what the FF14 team can bring to a single player in 16. Well, I'll say this it's an RPG first, it's an MMO second. But I'll say this you're going to see. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. After FF16 comes out, you're gonna see a giant wave of people jumping into FF14. I guarantee it. Look, I, here, here. I'm gonna call my shot. We got Kai the player here, and we got Eric the dude in the chat. Neither one of you have played through 14, but if both sounds like you're gonna play 16, I guarantee at least one of you hops into 14 after 16. I'll, I'll put, I'll put it down. I'll bet on that. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh. I don't know. Do, can you see something like that going down? Can you see like if sixteen is a big success, that a lot of people who enjoyed that game might flock to FF fourteen?
1: So if so, what I what I think will happen is is that if sixteen is really successful, I think not only fourteen but some of the other Final Fantasy games will see a a spike, even if it's a small spike, they'll see a spike because then. By time 16 comes out, you'll have access to the Pixel Remasters. You'll have 7 Remake. You'll, at some point, anticipate 7 Rebirth. You have 8 on the current consoles. You have 9 on the current consoles. 10 on the current consoles. Eleven's the only one not, but then you have 12. And then, you know, PC, you have 13. And then, of course, you have 14. And then you have 15. So, after that game we're going to definitely want more of that story. So they'll go to the first one that has the similar writer. So 14, but then they're also going to want to experience some of the other Final Fantasy games. I yeah. could see that happening.
0: I could see it happening for sure. And like right. anytime you can bring new fans into Final Fantasy, I think it's a good thing. Um, what I would like to see I don't want to just see 16 bring in new fans. I'd like to see some jaded Final Fantasy fans almost like be like have hope in the series again. Because I actually think overall, even people who enjoy remake, like myself, at least before 16 started really looking good, I feel like we're pessimistic about the Final Fantasy series. Like I feel like when 16 first dropped, a lot of people's impression were just like, so what is Final Fantasy? What is it supposed to be? Like, I feel like a lot of people were just thrown and were like, so what are we doing here? What is it supposed to be? What direction are we going in? And the fact that we didn't even know if there was going to be a party, you know, but a lot's changed since then. And I, I I wonder if it can do the masterful achievement of bringing in new fans, but satisfying the old ones. That's a tough thing to do, you know? I think Kingdom Hearts three tried to do that, and in some ways succeeded with it, and some ways didn't. But it's yeah. it's tough to try and again draw in new fans while simultaneously pleasing the old ones. Um, but we'll see. I mean, dude, there's a lot of people that have only played Final Fantasy fourteen, right? They like yeah. they're just MMO fans, and they were sick of World of Warcraft, or they were sick of runescape or whatever else freaking MMOs exist out there. Now again, I'm I'm not an MMO guy. Um, as much as I love 14, but, um, it makes me wonder if they're trying to appeal to that crowd too. If they're like, Hey, look, we got this whole fan base of 14, this whole pocket that just got here. You know, um, I'd be interested in seeing, I'd be interested in seeing how, um, how the audience translates from 14 to 16, which let me check. How many active players does Final Fantasy XIV have right now? Because depending on that answer, let's see. Okay, it's currently averaging 30,000 players each day, 40,000 on the weekend. So thirty to 40,000 people a day are logging in. That's kind of nuts. Whole country. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, our uh, realm Born is estimated to have one million one hundred sixty four thousand players per day this month. When did this drop? Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, this is recent. Okay, and wow. Okay, so when you consider something like that, that's a that's a big audience to draw from. To- total gate. Okay, here we are. This is what I was looking for. Final Fantasy 4, as of April 5th, 2021, and a lot has changed since then, mind you. But as of April 5th, 2021, Final Fantasy XIV's player count hit 22 million. Ooh. Imagine you sold 22 million copies of a mainline Final Fantasy game. Oh. Whoa. That's,
1: that's huge numbers.
0: And you know what I'm curious about now? What all the sales for Final Fantasy games
1: are. I know they released that number, like the total number.
0: Okay, I'm looking I'm looking at it right now. 7 is the runaway winner at 18 basically 18 and a half million units sold. So, if they successfully translate that FF14 fan base into 16, we might be looking at the best-selling Final Fantasy of all time. Yeah. Wow. That is interesting. And okay, so I don't know how this works, but with Final Fantasy having 22 million players, 11 million FF14 is like 11 million is considered the sales somehow. Yeah. Maybe like every account averages two players, I guess. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But okay, so we're looking at 11 million for FF14. I don't know. It's interesting. I'd like to see that shattered. I mean, FF15 sold 10 million copies, and that was a little bit mixed reception. I'd be interested in seeing what happens, how many they sell if they have like an overwhelmingly positive reception.
1: Oh, my Lord. And I wonder if the reception of 16 is so good, will they shorten the time between 16 and final fantasy 17 because if it took seven years between the mainline release i wonder if it's going to take as long or mm-hmm. are they going to shorten the time frame
0: i don't know i want to be optimistic and say shorten but i don't know <laughs>
1: Oh. And then you got, you got the conclusion to Seven Remake, and then you have other Final Fantasy games that could come out.
0: Uh
1: mm-hmm. oh. it's not fair. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot.
0: It's a lot to keep up with. And the fact that Barum Rex is essentially, you know, if slash when they make that game, will essentially yeah. be an unofficial Final Fantasy game at the end of the day. Um, but I yeah. know they're not allowed to outright say that. Um, yeah. but uh let's get to the chat here eric the dude says i definitely could see a new wave coming to 14 if 16 does well i really hope 16 becomes a word of mouth game that everyone wants to play after it comes out like elden ring and god of war ragnarok i feel like a lot of the time you have to release the game right place right time like i think elden ring was gonna blow up no matter what i think no matter what elden ring was gonna blow up
1: um anticipation
0: exactly however god of war ragnarok is one of those games that I feel like just dropped at the right time. Like, well, everyone was bitching about Pokemon, God of War Ragnarok <laughs> was like a shining city on a hill. Um, yep. So if it could catch that perfect wave, if it comes out at the right time, I, I think it really could be one of those word-of-mouth games. and could even be a Game of the Year candidate. Not that that means anything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Just a Waffle says... Last question: You play if you played FF eleven and fourteen. Do you remember the super boss called Absolute Virtue? I do not. Maybe that's an eleven boss, but I don't remember seeing anything like that in fourteen. Then here, you could vibe with this guy. Uh, Zedanowitz says nine is the last time I loved a mainline game. Wow, that's a long so, time
1: ago. Oh man, I, I I know when I first played it, it was like he has a tail just like Goku. <laughs> and then he turned Super Saiyan just like Goku. Yeah. That, that, was, that was child me just thinking that. And then as I played it, I was like, wow, this is a lot of stuff going on in this game. Like, like uh, kid me never thought this game looked childish. That's why, whenever people kind of like, uh, you know, I sometimes use those I adjectives. I'm like, I was a child and I never looked at it. Like I played, I played a little bit of seven. I thought that was some of the best graphics ever. And then when you get older and your graphics get better, you realize, okay, maybe not. I mm-hmm. played nine, nah. thought they were some of the best graphics for like, period. Get older, I'm like, it wasn't bad, but you could still play nine. But then, you know, I have my talks about if they ever made a remake and everyone has their opinions about the looks, and I'm just indifferent. Like, you know what? Uh I'm not gonna argue. So
0: well, that's why I do. I think it'd be a crime to give 9 a fresh coat of paint cuz I just don't think it needs yeah. it. I think FF9 to this day still looks good. It's still it's yeah. it's more playable than FF7 and FF8. Like out of the whole mm-hmm. PlayStation out of all the whole PlayStation 1 era, as far as gameplay and presentation goes, FF9 definitely aged the best in my opinion. Um, Kaiora says I'm especially interested in how dark FF16 is going to go considering this the first mainline ff game to be rated m yeah we talked about that a little bit earlier um i'm really i i it i like that they're not gonna have any restrictions on what they can do creatively right this is not why well, I, I love anything that doesn't how do i put it? <laughs> it it's exciting that they have no desire to appeal to the lowest common denominator If that if that makes sense, that excites me that they're like, no, we're going to create the game and story we want, even if it boxes out 50 percent of the gaming population. There's something about that
1: I really like. Yeah. It's like they'll be able to tell the story they want without having to, like, restrict anything, which is dope. Cause sometimes when you restrict things it could hurt and mm-hmm. it becomes a issue where like, okay, well, did you want to say it like this or did you want to say it like that? There's definitely I'm um, A OK with it not having a huge restriction.
0: Yeah. I uh, I would say so. I would say so. Uh let's see. The Hidden One, Sage of the Lodge, says I'm one of those players playing right now. That's cause you're based. FF is where it's at. Bless you. Uh, Uh,
1: That was a cough. Cough. That was a cough.
0: Well, uh, I mean, still. Still.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: I wish you well. (laughs) Yoshi P chose... (laughs) I said that like you were going to, like, die. Don't take that (laughs) the wrong way. (laughs) Some lion says Yoshi P chose action-based RPG over turn-based, looking at today's demographics. And let me tell you, man, you could still make awesome turn-based combat. Turn-based combat is not a thing of the past. It is not a restrictive gameplay. It's strategy-based. I don't know. I think there's still room for turn-based combat in the world. Uh, do you have an opinion on that, Kai?
1: So I've yeah, I've actually I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my thoughts were is that me as a player, I I like turn-based. I I won't have a problem with it ever. Some of the like most of the games I played within the last two years plus during the pandemic, most of them were turn-based or mm-hmm. JRPGs. But I do notice something. A lot of the younger generation and even people just a tad bit younger than me, they they're not really playing the turn-based games outside of the Pokemon or personas. Yeah. So like I'll be like, hey, you guys know what Final Fantasy is? No. I'm like, what? Final Damn. Fantasy, like older than this. You know what that is beyond this? Uh I'll be like, you play it? No. And I'm not saying that turn based is like a like stopping them, but I've noticed that if you didn't grow up with it. It's a bit harder to convince somebody to play it. That's a good point. Versus if they grew if they grew up around it, then they're more inclined to play it. And like like I like using Kingdom Hearts as an example. I like Kingdom Hearts combat, but like at the same time, I like the turn based combat. I, I guess it's like a situation kind of thing, but also I can see how it's utilized. To perhaps get the younger generation or at least people who more skeptical to try out. So 16 like part of me would want to say that if 16 was turn based, it still wouldn't be a bad game. Like it still would sell pretty good. But I think it being action based opens it up for the possibility of more fans of the old games as well as fans like that aren't fans yet. Of playing the games. Perhaps there's people who played the MMOs or people who don't even play Final Fantasy. They see this game and they're getting really excited. Like, you know what? I'm gonna try this game out no matter what. So, like for me, turn base has his role, but I've played a couple and I'm like, this would have just been better if it was an action-based game. Like, there was a fairy tale game that came out on the consoles back in 2020. I played the whole game and one of the things that sucked about it is is that the turn base really kind of ruined the presentation of how the anime was mm. anime's action action and then point. the turn base in this game it it wasn't on the standard of final fantasy it was much more it was like a weight turn style not even an action time battle so it didn't feel like you were in a true action scene. It just felt like, all right, well, you just sit here all day and figure out what you're going to do next. And it wasn't even hard. So <laughs> I feel like a lot has to go into a turn-based game to make it really good versus an action-based game. I'm not saying you can be lazy, but you don't have to put like your hard work, sweat, and tears into it on the same level to make it good. I get or at the very least, like from a marketing perspective, you don't have to
0: go as hard to try and appeal to a large audience. You know, a lot of the turn base that's coming out now, you know, I saw somebody in the chats talking about how Pokemon's really an outlier for this stuff. You know, Turnbase now is something that's like niche, right? Like you buy Octopath Traveler because it's Pixel art in Turnbase, like the old days. Yeah. I almost feel like Turnbase, unfortunately, is kind of just getting roped into like old school gaming. And we're really reliant on the... In my opinion, it appears to me we are reliant on the Persona series to convince everyone that there's still room for turn-based combat in this world. Because honestly, after playing Persona 5 Royal, that's what made me a believer. I'm not going to lie. I used to kind of think maybe turn-based was a thing of the past. But after playing Persona 5, I was like, no freaking way, man. I don't want this to go anywhere. Um... But yeah, uh, Sun Lion says a lot of things in Remake were censored because of it being rated T. Yeah, you know, we talked about how the original FF7 was the first Final Fantasy to have blood. And then in Remake, there was no blood. Like instead of following Sephiroth's blood trail, it's now like Genova juice on the floor. Um, which, okay. as someone who loved Remake, I absolutely hated that. Um, put the blood on the floor. It'll, it'll You could still get it rated T. Bribe who you need to bribe. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> Eric the Dude says, I prefer action-based hack-and-slash games through and through. That being said, I love turn-based games as well. Persona 5 Royal is beautiful and I love the OG turn-based FF games. Yeah, I I, I, I pretty much would just echo that whole sentiment. Um, I don't know. Like, do you, What about you, Kai? Do you have a problem going back to turn-based or is that something that's always going to be appealing and compatible with you?
1: I don't have a problem. I can play turn based, I can play, play action based. Mm-hmm. It as long as like it has a decent story, I can get past. Like I remember I was playing Breath of the Wild on a Nintendo Switch online. And that game came out, I think, even before I was born. Mm-hmm. And so and that's a turn based game. I I was playing that just fine. So I'm sure I can even play some of the old Final Fantasies and I'll be fine with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel that way too, that there's something, I don't know, there's something relaxing about turn-based, at least when it's not action, uh, at like an action time meter, um, but I don't know, I like, I, I don't know, maybe it's because like the first game I technically ever learned was chess, so like anything yeah. strategy-based feels like home in a weird way, which is why like I tried out the Fire Emblem series for the first time with three houses, and now like I'm buying the new one on day one, so... I don't know. Anything strategy-based like that, really, I personally find appealing. Um, Stilette is the one who said Pokemon is the outlier um, on turn-based like that. Ultimate and Beast says, I don't have a PS5, so I'll have a lot of fun watching you guys play 16. Well, you know, <laughs> hopefully you can get your paws on one soon. Um, Eric the Dude says, if I recall, the only blood that was shown in Remake was in the Integrate DLC at the end with Yuffie. And, you know, hopefully that's a sign that we see blood in Rebirth um i don't know are you do you have a particular opinion on that are you itching to see blood in the remake trilogy or do you do you really just not care
1: uh for me i i'm not really like super critical with them adding blood or not it Mm -hmm. would be nice because it does ruin like i think chainsaw man just to deviate real quick they edit it so instead of having blood they change the color of the blood and it just makes it accidentally more disturbing (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that I guess that's just not that's 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 yeah.
1: weird. That's weird to me. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> like if 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 they're gonna change it, hopefully they're conscious of the color, but outside of that, I mean, if they they change it, I'll, I'll live.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, again, I'm not married to the idea, I would just prefer it there. Um,
1: yeah,
0: Zdanowitz says, I just started triangle strategy, I still love pixel art games. Me too, I want to play Octopath. That's a game I haven't played. Are there any pixel art games you have your eye on? I want to play Live Alive, too. I really like that demo.
1: I still want to play uh, Tactics Ogre and Project tri- uh, the Triangle Strategy. Check those out.
0: Mm-hmm. Justin Waffle says, Genova Juice. I wonder if Shinner will steal the Landy Lodge's idea for a product and create Genova Juice. Ooh. Do it. I'll drink some Jenova juice. Give me that, baby. Uh, M.A. Maria says, turn-based RPGs are my bread and butter. Love them. Yeah, baby. That's what we're talking about. Will's World says, what Final Fantasy would you recommend? My brain is a fine soup right now. Honestly, I'd recommend Remake if you haven't played it. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is a great place to start. Um, It depends what you like, Will. Okay, here we go. Will, what sounds best to you? Turn-based combat, action combat, or MMO? Answer that question, and I'll, I'll recommend a Final Fantasy for you. Let's see. Princess Kaiora says Final Fantasy X had the best implementation of turn-based combat, in my opinion. As far as the Final Fantasy series goes, I would agree with you. What do you think, Kai?
1: i played X. It was hard. And, and some of those boss battles, I had to search up how to cheese it. <laughs> even even though it was a a wait and go game it still was hard and comparing it to fairy tale fairy tale really didn't take strategy to win this game took strategy to win ff10 like i i don't know i just really liked it in terms of like its combat and it wasn't exactly just a simple, all right, you press a button, you win type of combat. It was more like you got to think about your actions ahead of time or else you will suffer.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, that that to me sounds like my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> Sunline says, I think the reason why they're slowly increasing the graphics is because of the intensity and high use of performance on the kaiju fights and God of War 3-like boss fights, and this game will have a massive scope. Uh, I believe Sunline's talking about 16, and that would make sense, that maybe because the graphics really are going to take a while to really polish is because of how much needs to go into those kaiju fights. I guess that would make sense to me. Uh, Princess Kaiora says, I want blood in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Come on, square. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Give me the give me the gore meter. Imagine you boot up Kingdom Hearts 4, and you, there's a gore meter. Could you imagine? <laughs> Just the waffle says, "Oh man, if we see Blood Sephiroth, uh, talking about the air- well, you know what's interesting is the Aerith scene. There was never any blood. That's what's so weird about the O G F F Seven and the whole blood, uh, thing." Kevin Ribeiro says, "Would you consider Shin Megami Tensei? Uh, I have. What's the one they made up for? They remastered for Switch. I have Shin Megami Tensei Three. I want to give it a shot, but it's it's so far down the backlog, but." You know maybe when i'm an old man i don't know kai have you ever played <laughs> have you ever played smt
1: no um which company makes those atlas games?
0: atlas same as persona
1: uh, so I, everyone's probably gonna hate me now when i say this so back in the day on the wii there was this game that atlas had made called trauma center you're a doctor you do your thing yeah 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 right but for some odd reason they that game traumatized me very badly so every time i see art that reminds me of that game i don't know it just weirds me out so the atlas games is i've been kind of staying away from it yes that includes persona hey hey,
0: to each their own dude to each their own
1: eventually i'll i'll let go of it and i'll get into the game's Told a friend but, I would check out Persona 5 eventually. It can be
0: trippy and creepy, dude. I'll, I'll tell you that. The, the trippiness and creepiness will uh, definitely persevere. Princess Chiara types in all caps, yo, Trauma Center. Yeah, welcome to the Trauma Lodge. Uh, Will's Word says, t- looking for turn base for now. We'll be covering 14 in the future. Also, grew up playing chess. Uh, either Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy IX. One of those two will be perfect for you, Will. If you play 10 or 9, and you like turn based, that's that's what I'd recommend. Um, I don't know, Kai, if you want to throw those out, throw any suggestions uh, out.
1: I would say I would say uh, nine and not to be the you know the the fanboy, but honestly, I'll check out seven too.
0: I would check out seven. Map exploration for me in OG seven has not aged very well, so I think I, I'm not sure it's the best place to start. You know, that's just I I like 10 and nine because they still play very well to this day um, and they still look uh, very good to this day. So says blood has no place in Kingdom Hearts, in my opinion. Of course it doesn't. (laughs) Of course it doesn't. We're just being silly. We're just being silly. I I wouldn't want blood in Kingdom Hearts. It would ruin the whole aesthetic. I mean, unless you kept it to like a cloud and Sephiroth fight, then then uh, maybe I'll give you the pass. Uh, Kevin says to each their own I love JRPGs in general I played all from Final Fantasy to Shimagami Tensei yeah I look ugh, like 95% of what I consume media wise comes out of Japan so 99% of the RPGs I play are JRPGs and like 90% of what I watch is, is freaking anime if I'm just being honest yeah <laughs> I played the whole series just trying to find out which to replay and really invest in then go for 10 or 9 just cause 9 is likely to get a remake at this point and ten is just, in my opinion, I think you could argue ten is the best Final Fantasy. Just if if you um if you consider them, if you're judging them in the time they were released, you know what I mean. I think Remake is a better game than Final Fantasy ten, but if you judge Remake by what, if you compare Remake to Final Fantasy ten in the year it came out, I think the judgment gets a little more fuzzy then. But I'll uh I'll leave it at that. Um, all right, so we are coming up on an hour 40 now that is crazy uh hi is there anything anything we haven't discussed yet that you might want to or do you um, think we covered all the bases
1: i think we might have covered all the bases
0: well then uh without further ado Kai, where can the people find you
1: uh so i i spend a lot of time on youtube uh If you just search up Kai the player. I'm going to drop it uh, in the chat
0: right now. They won't won't even have to search it. I went and got (laughs) the link for you guys. Get in there. Give your boy a sub. Go on.
1: So I typically, I've been uploading seven. I'll make an occasional Kingdom Hearts video. Sometimes I'll throw a a theory out there in regards to Kingdom Hearts. And then other times I might even be talking about the rumored Final Fantasy 9 remake game.
0: Ru- rumored no no it's a sure thing it's a sure thing it has to be um but yeah. yeah guys make sure you follow kai the player he's a great channel over on youtube uploads amazing content we'll keep you in the loop on everything especially if you want to keep tabs on the ff9 remake i guarantee you he'll be the first one to cover it uh still let to answer your question i guess we'll leave off on this did we cover if there will be Vieira in ff16 we did not but i uh i'd have some confidence yoshi p likely will he loves his bunny people, but without further ado, we are going to wrap this one up. If you're hanging out on Twitch, please hang out for the raid. We're going to raid Mr. Juan up. Let's just type him in here. And, uh, dude, Kai the Player, dude, thanks so much for doing this, man. Always enjoyed talking to you, and, uh, thanks for hanging out in the lodge, dude.
1: Awesome sauce. Thanks for having me.
0: Always a pleasure, my man. And until next time, we'll see you sickos later.